Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You are listening or watching the regular season finale of Peak to Pit. I cannot believe we have made it to Rivalry Week. It's also Thanksgiving week, that too. Uh, Don't love that the season is wrapping up, coming to an end, but Rivalry Week is always one of my favorites. TJ, you're in North Carolina. Look at that cabin going on behind you. Very rustic and mountain-y. It's yeah, mountainy. No, it's fun. We we just did we just made s'mores downstairs, so smelling smoke, but um, YOLO because that's what the kids wanted to do, so we did it. Yeah, no, it's been good. It's been good to just get away for about a week. Um, not a lot, not a lot we've done. We went yeah. to the Cabbage Patch Doll place yesterday, like the little hot baby hospital. It's got like a billion Cabbage Patch dolls, and um, yeah, I mean it's been fun. We've just kind of been hanging out, having a good time, relaxing. And uh, enjoyed it. Excited to get back down to Tallahassee, though, for the game this weekend. Um, you guys do anything fun this week for the game this weekend? Anything else like that? Uh, nothing exciting. Hoping my children, or at least two of the four, are asleep. By the time the game kicks off, I will be watching it at my house. But the less children I can watch it with, the better. So hopefully uh, the sleeping gods are in my favor. But honestly, this has been a really good, like, just kind of relax week. Our schedule is insane. Normally, the girls have gymnastics practice three days a week. They have soccer practice two days a week. We have gymnastics meets. We have soccer games. They have chorus. We have this podcast. I sit on two different other boards, uh, PTA stuff, you know, Eric tries to, you know, make money. So that has to happen in there too. So it's kind of been nice to like, not do a whole lot um and just whatever we've been watching world cup uh that's we're big fans in this house eric in particular so i've just kind of been enjoying that and i'm kind of excited i'm not going tallahassee to truth be told tallahassee is not my favorite place to go to uh for a football game and and i'm kind of excited that i'm going to be watching it from my couch i would be excited as a two um score dog as well to not have to go up uh to it but we'll talk about that in a minute we don't want to miss on a couple of things um i want to give a quick shout out to brunt insurance greg brunt and the team over at brunt insurance they will have you covered insurance wise from tallahassee to the keys you can call them at 954-589-2204 home car boat motorcycle auto uh trailer whatever you need they will get you taken care of rv insurance whatever you've got call the team at Brun Insurance, 954-589-2204. You can also go to bruninsurance.com, but I would advise give them a call. 
let Greg chat with you a little bit about college football. If you're an FSU fan, make sure you call him on Monday. Um, win or loss, keep that same energy. So give Greg a call. See if he can save you some money after giving you a hard time or you giving him a hard time after the game this weekend. Um, all right. We'll quickly talk about what happened last weekend, and then we will move on to the rivalry. But uh, Florida State beats Louisiana, uh, what was it, 40, 45 to 49-17 uh, to 17 in a game that really just was never even competitive. You kind of want that when you play a cupcake. We talked about it, and we'll talk about your game here in just a minute. But you want that when you play a, a team that you're significantly better than. Florida State dominated kind of from start to finish. At halftime, it was 35-3. to three. Uh, Louisiana did score two touchdowns in the fourth quarter when FSU's third-ish string was in. By that time, pretty pretty garbage time and not really too upset with that. Um, but Florida State looked, you know, good again. Yeah, I don't know how much you take away from a beating a team that that is not great, right? Just kind of an average or mediocre team, but you you won and so you move on and uh, get to eight wins, have a chance at nine this weekend and maybe ten in a in a bowl game. I, you know, I don't really have a ton of takeaways from the game. I do have an interesting stat. We've talked a lot about Jordan Travis. Do you know that this month he has 11 touchdown passes uh, and nine incompletions? So he's definitely had a good month. I don't know if he can keep that streak alive and throw uh, for more touchdown passes by the end of the month. He may have more than two incompletions by the end of the game, but we'll see. If he threw for like three incompletions, three touchdowns, ran for one, maybe he could get there, but. Uh, he's had a good month. Florida State's had a good month. They've just kind of beaten the crap out of everybody they've played. And uh, I don't really have a lot of takeaways outside of that. They played a bad team and beat a bad team. This, you know, uh, I had to put up with Jacksonville State, though, so I don't feel bad about this. The same cannot be said for you guys. Talk to us about this Vandy game. Um. Okay. You know, I uh... – I think the the Vandy game highlighted a lot of the things that we've seen wrong with Florida throughout the the course of this season. Um, I think that Florida's offense is the most effective when Anthony Richardson is not afraid to use his legs. I am not in the quarterback room, so I am not 100% sure if he is being coached to stay inside the pocket, like that's an intentional thing by this coaching staff, or it's a Richardson choice. But Florida wins this game if on a couple of the times that Richardson handed the ball off, he calls his own number and and runs it. There was, a, there was at least two plays that I can think of that would have more than likely resulted in touchdowns. If, if nothing more, they would have resulted in more than a first down and a decent chunk of yardage, but probably he would have walked into the end zone at least two different times had he called his own number. So again, not in that room. I don't know how he's being coached on that. I don't know if it's, he has the control in the RPO and he's making the wrong read. He's afraid to call his own number or he is being told, Hey, stay in the pocket, but whatever it is, Florida is only successful when Anthony Richardson is allowed to use his feet. He has not proven himself to be as effective enough of a passer to only be a passing threat. That being said, he put up a whole lot of, of uh, offensive yardage on, on Saturday. I think those stats are a little bit deceiving, but I also don't think this is something you can just blame on him. I think that Florida's defense has played poorly. I don't think that Florida's offensive line did a particularly good job. Some of the play calling at times was baffling. The time management 
uh, I, going into halftime is like the bane of Florida fans' existence because uh, there is no sense of urgency. There's generally us having the ball with multiple timeouts and time on the clock, and it ends up in a three-and-out scenario instead of points. It's just uh, – it's very hard to describe. Florida's special teams have also not been good. Um, it, I think all the problems we've seen – all season wrong and not necessarily all in the same game showed up in the same game against uh, uh, Vanderbilt. I, I'm, and I still think Florida could have won had Anthony Richardson called his own number a couple of times there. So, yeah, I mean, and you're right, Florida, um, you know, in, in looking at it, Anthony Richardson did have a, a ton of yards. Um, a lot of it did come pretty late. Like, what you were just talking about. Um, He accounted for every yard on the last, at least three drives. Yeah. Last four drives. So, you know, um, at the point of the game where Florida was down 28 to 12, um, Anthony Richardson accounted for three 75 yard, I'm sorry, two 75 yard drives, um, a 57 yard drive, which ended it in a 91 yard drive. So I don't want to, I'm sorry. No. So, take one of those 75 yard drives away a 91 a 75 and a 57 so you know 90 70 and 50 is nine seven five is 21 so like half of his yardage came on those last three drives which i think is i mean nothing to scoff at like he still got the yardage but you're right i think a little bit of it is misleading because for large portions of the game the offense was pretty inept and then it, it kind of became desperation time and he did look a little bit better he did look a lot yeah. better um, completed a long pass on a, on a play action that was really good. Um, but yeah, I mean, just a weird game. I mean, you, you mentioned, you know, oh, Florida, if Florida had done a couple of things here or there, maybe they, you know, could have found a way to win. I mean, Florida was a massive favorite in this. Right? Like they shouldn't have been like a player. Oh, no, it shouldn't it have, have been. been but if you're talking away. Jimmy's and Joe's, Florida has Vanderbilt beat in every single Jimmy and Joe, right? If they had used those Jimmys and Joes even remotely correctly in a couple of scenarios, Florida wins this game. Should it have ever been close? No, but uh, I mean, it's a ball game. They ended up losing, but my point is they could have won. If even with all the things that went wrong, even with, uh, you know, the defense cannot get off the field on third down, which is, has been a real issue this entire season, special teams being terrible. There was a lot of wide receiver drops, even with all of those things. My point is only had Anthony Richardson called his own number a couple of times, the outcome is different. Again, I don't know why that's not happening. I don't know. I am, I feel like you look at the internet and you see all this speculation. I doubt it has anything to do with his draft stock. It's either he's being coached that way or he's injured I, or he can't make the reads. I don't, I don't know. But Florida is only as successful as Anthony Richardson is running the football. Um, I, you know, but the, this, this loss is on the defense though. Uh, they cannot continually give up 400 yards of offense, particularly to Vanderbilt. That's it's it's just not acceptable. This isn't there is no excuse that Mullen didn't recruit well enough to beat Vanderbilt. Right. There's I, I agree. I agree. The losses on the defense, but Florida's offense did have 12 points through three quarters against right. Vanderbilt. That's right. so I do think the offense shares some blame as well. Sure. They got it going in the fourth quarter. But the yeah. offense was pretty bad for three quarters, too. Like, yeah. there's no excuse to only have 12 points on Vandy. Like you just said, yeah. like, if he pulls a little bit more, 
So, I, I mean, honestly, and then special teams too. Like, if you just don't muff the punt, you probably win. Right. Right. You know, and sure. so, I mean, does it, I mean, you know, progress is not linear. Linear. Right. You, right. you know, you, you, you do just because you have a couple of good games doesn't necessarily mean you um, are going to continue to get better every week. Right. Like, I think we thought, like, oh, well, they played AM well. Um, you know, or maybe you even back it up a week. Oh, they, they did some things good in that second half against Georgia. made you feel a little bit better about it. Didn't, you know, fall over and die. Then they went and played A&M well. Then they played South Carolina even better. And you kind of thought that this was like, I don't know. We both, I think we both took, not that we take things for granted because we've both seen our teams lose really, really bad games. But I think we both kind of just thought like, yeah, hey man, I, I mean, I, this- go get an easy win this weekend. Florida seemed to be trending in the right direction going into this game. I was completely caught off guard by it. This is not a football team that's good enough that can look ahead. So it's baffling to me that it, that maybe they did. I don't, I, that's a coaching thing, if anything else though, because this is not a football team that can take a week off. They're not built. This isn't Alabama. This isn't Georgia. You cannot look to the opponent down the road and win even when the opponent you're playing that day is, is Vanderbilt. Um, but you know, I don't progress isn't linear. It's that is very true. It is disheartening to see a couple really good, like trend in the right direction games and then have this, uh, kind of game. I don't, I, there was no real sense of urgency, but I honestly kind of think that that stems from the top right? Napier is just a relaxed guy. Everything about him gives off a very like, this is completely under control. I almost want to see him light a fire under somebody. I really, I almost want to see him lose it on a ref or show some sort of emotion. I know that that is not his personality. I know that that's not how he coaches and clearly it's worked for him. Um, But I would love to see, you know, some anger towards some of these penalties, Florida killed themselves with penalties on Saturday and with some of these other miscues and maybe it happens in the locker room and it just doesn't happen in the public forum. I don't, I don't know, but I, this was a frustrating game for me coaching staff wise. Um, I think it's weird that you have a staff of like 400 people, but you're the offensive coordinator and the special teams coach and the quarterbacks coach. Like you have three guys to hold your coffee. How are you coaching multiple positions at this point? Like it doesn't make sense, but I am interested to see if at the end of the season, Napier is introspective enough to make some kind of moves there that, that are really kind of in regards to his own play calling and his own uh, uh, game day management. I think that Napier is an excellent CEO. I think he is an excellent recruiter. I think that he has a great game plan. I personally don't love him as a game day calling the plays offensive coordinator coach. So if I think for Florida to be successful long-term, he's going to need to hand those reins over and focus on all the other stuff that he does really, really well. Yeah, I agree with that. It's, it's about knowing when to get out of the way at times. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that um, I was actually just talking with Nick De La Torre of on three and he talked about how they're pretty analytic focused and pretty analytic mm-hmm. heavy. And that goes into a lot of what they're doing. And I don't know, just, you know, in anything you do in life, like if you base everything on the analytics, like more times than not, you're going to be wrong, but sometimes you're going to be wrong and it's going to be pretty head scratching, right? Like you've got to kind of overcome some of that. You just got to say like, no, this is football. We got to do this, you know, cause that's, you know, the way we've done it. And so anyway, I, I, I get it, but yeah, I mean, big picture. I mean, it's certainly frustrating for Florida. Um, you know, 
it can all kind of get redeemed this weekend. I mean, I think that, you know, the bad taste would still be in your mouth from, from losing to Vandy, right? Like that, that's just not a team that should even be on the same field as Florida, but you can kind of get redeemed this weekend, but we can kind of transition from there. What are your coming off of a loss like that? I will say Florida's done a good job of bouncing back. Um, I, I think there are pros and cons about the Florida team right now, but what are your thoughts coming off that and then having to go and play as a, as a uh, a ten point underdog on the road this weekend. I mean, listen, I don't care about being the ten point underdog. I don't. I I don't know that that number means anything in the locker room either, other than the fact that they'll probably try and spin it as being disrespectful. I, I listen. Florida State is sitting at eight and three. Right? They have an outside chance of making the Orange Bowl. This is a team that has put together a better season than Florida has. That being said, I think Florida State needs this win a lot more than Florida needs this win. I would I like to beat Florida State? Absolutely. I want to beat Florida State every every year that Florida plays them. But this is Napier's first year. Anything that happens this year, there is a pass for no matter what because it is year 1. If Napier puts together a 7 and 5 season, that's going to be great. It's not going to be any different if he puts together a 6 and 6 season. Florida State sitting at eight and three. I really do think sitting at eight and three, and then you still lose to Florida, that team that's got a, a brand new coach that uh, just lost to Vandy the week before, that beat you the year before with no head coach, essentially. I, I think that that's a worse problem for Florida State than for Florida to lose to Florida State this year. Um, matchup wise, yeah. I think I, I would agree with that. I, I think the game is more important for Florida State. I, I 100% agree. I do think that Florida's fan base is pretty uh, unruly and unhinged at times, and Billy could go a long way. Like, winning this game could go a long way of, like, smoothing some things sure, over. Sure, sure. Like, they basically lost to every rival this year if they lose to Florida State. No, sure. they, not basically, they did. And then a, another game or two that they just shouldn't have. So, uh, right. you know, yeah, I think that um, – this could oh, listen, help it would lot. make Florida fans very happy to beat Florida State. But I think that for most well, fans, for it gives Florida, him a pass. Based on – now, you know, and I think in a different scenario, Florida State could lose this game. But, like, I think this would be a bad one for – like, if Florida was 8-3 yeah. and three as well and was having a great year and this was a three-point spread. It's not as big a deal. Anyone's game. But with the way that Florida State has looked the last month and with the way that Florida has yeah. looked for most of the season being – I, and I don't even think Florida's been bad. I just think they've been inconsistent this year, right? They have. Good this has been a Kentucky. roller coaster season. Yeah. I mean, bad they, game against Kentucky, good game against LSU, bad game against Georgia, good game against AM, bad game against Vandy. Like it's just every week is sure. just like, oh, it, oh, and I, yeah, Florida has been on a roller coaster, so, uh, you know, from the beginning. I think it's a lot more important for Florida State. I think, yeah, that they and I think that that's that way. a good pressure relief thing for, for Florida. And, uh, you know, for, on paper, Florida State is the better team, right? Florida State is better up front, both offensively and defensively, but even more so offensively. Their offense is more explosive than Florida's is at the moment. I, I Florida State should win this game. But at the same time, I think all the pressure is on Florida State because this win would mean more to them. Does that mean it wouldn't mean anything to Florida fans? Of course not. Florida fans would forgive Billy for the loss to Vanderbilt if they went ahead and beat Florida State at the end of the season. Lots of us would get a good chuckle that this season was not very good, but we still figured out a way to beat, you know, the best team Florida State's put together in the last couple of years. Um, 
I don't think that's going to happen. I think that Florida State will beat Florida. I do think that this game will be closer than the 10-point spread. And I think that that's simply because this is a rivalry game and fluky things happen. And these teams are filled with kids who grew up playing high school ball and Pop Warner and whatever else. And it means a lot to both sides. Um, And generally, games like that end up being closer than they look like they should be on paper. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I agree. I, I, well, yeah, I, I think that a lot of times rivalry games do end up closer. I think that just because of some of the matchup problems that exist right now, I do think Florida State ends up winning this going away. Now, I don't think it's anything like the Miami game. I think that Florida will score. I think it will be competitive. But I do think Florida State win. I think they cover the spread, you know, with some ease. Um, you know, I think that the loss of Ventrell Miller – for the first half is really, really tough. Really big. Florida's missing five wide receivers too. They're down five wide receivers. And then their best wide receiver who is supposed to play is questionable Questionable. and banged up. So, you know, he's not at a hundred percent. I just spoke with somebody else on, you know, we like to think that these kids, these kids don't care about these games as, as much as, you know, you or I do at times. And, Will some guys kind of make some business decisions, right? And, I see. I don't I, feel that I, way at all. I, 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 I mean, so there's some. If you're getting a first round grade in the NFL draft, and that's why you haven't been running the ball as much as people want you to, are you going to continue that? Or are you just all going to all of a sudden going to swap that up and run more? So I mean, you're implying that is. that's why Richardson's not running the ball as often. First of all, is there something that you have think, seen that I makes think you think he'd get a first round grade? I think that NFL – I think there are 12 NFL teams that need quarterbacks right now. But do you think, think that, he could start for an NFL team next season? No. I think that So NFL, then do you waste a first-round draft pick on that? Yeah. Because quarterback in the NFL is a result, revolving cycle. The Bucs have never signed a quarterback that they drafted to a second draft pick, uh, second contract. So I just think that quarterbacks are a revolving cycle. And so you bring somebody in with the hope of – I can fix this kid. I can I can get Jameis over his turnover problems. I can get Mariota over these problems. Very rarely does it work out, but it doesn't matter because you just suck again for three years and then you get another one, right? Like you get to try yeah. it. So I think that coach – no, he could not start in the NFL. I think that coaches think they can fix the issues, right? They they know what the potential is. Sure, and I his ceiling is incredibly I high. I just I also think know. he would largely benefit from one more year in college. See, but here's a question. I don't know if that's the case. I don't know if he really would. And this takes us to a whole other. Listen, debate. if he grades out round wait, one, you go wait, right. Like there's that's right. not and probably even probably even round two. Like round three, I think was where it would be a question mark because round two is still like light, like millions and millions of guaranteed dollars, like more than you're getting in college. But here's why I don't agree with that. Like I think the whole you could benefit from a year coming back is not as accurate anymore because teams will draft you and let you sit behind a guy for a year. Or I don't know that there's that many game. examples I, of that though. First, I think I mean, it happened with Tua. They brought they drafted Tua yeah. and brought and and let Fitzgerald start in um, Fitzpatrick. Sorry, start in front of him. I think that because I don't think Anthony would start next year. Like right. I don't I don't think that's realistic. So I think a team would take a chance on him, would let him sit behind somebody, and he would be developed better yeah. in the NFL than he would at Florida again next year. I mean, I mean, there's no doubt, you know, that an NFL program, an NFL strength program or an NFL, 
you know, playbook or anything like that. I mean, especially because Mullen's not there anymore, right? Like if it was Mullen, you could at least have like, oh, well, he's a quarterback whisperer or whatever. Sure, sure. With Napier, I mean, I, you know, I don't, I don't think Richardson, I mean, I'm not very confident in Richardson getting that much better developed in college than he would sitting behind a pro all year next year. So yeah. I don't know if I'm Richardson and I, if I'm getting first or second, I'm probably going. Well, listen, if you're yeah. getting for, if you're getting first, you're for sure going, I can see the argument either way for second. I just, uh, you know, but but here's the other thing: Is that then fair to your college team to mail it in because you're concerned about where you're going to go pro and you don't want to screw that up? I don't think it's so much mailing it in as much as am I going to go? But are you helping your draft stock or even maintaining it by having bad games at the end of the year? Yeah, I don't think making a decision to like scoot out of bounds or. Like, I don't think he's going full Tebow out there, right? Like, where Tebow right. just lays his body on the line and, like, starts trying to truck people, right? So that's my big takeaway. I don't think he's going to do anything where he's intentionally playing soft or anything like that. But right. some of those decisions to not pull the ball or some of those decisions to try and try and truck the guy or maybe just go out of bounds for the seven-yard gain instead of, like, 70 or whatever. So I – I don't think that he's getting marked off in the NFL for that. I'm not even saying that that truly Listen, happened. I don't have any don't, issue with you a, avoiding getting trucked a, or, or right. Skirting out of balance. My I mean, real that, issue is if it's an a, RPO and not, not calling that, your own number. So here's, and here's what it is. If you knew if, if you're, if NFL scouts, right? Like, cause they all, they're all having conversations, right? Like ARs had these conversations with people behind the scenes that we don't even know about. But if you knew that they well, were looking at you that he will talk to from UF that will, if you knew that you were getting like a first or second round draft grade, I mean, would it not be in the back of your mind, especially when you've had injury issues to like, Hey dog, I can't get in. I got one game left. I cannot get hurt in this game. Like that'd be in the back of my mind. If I knew it was millions of dollars. I mean, you and I are diehards, right? Like we, we, we were never faced with that kind of life changing money. If mm-hmm. I'm playing out there and I've got like a $10 million pay period, paycheck coming up, it's definitely in the back of my mind. Now, some guys can play through that. Some guys, don't care. Yeah. Some guys will just – I don't know what he's going to do, but I'm just saying it, it would be in the back of my mind. I'd be thinking about it. I probably wouldn't even play. <laughs> I don't care no. about this game. If you offer me $10 million for this game right here, I would uh, – I'd take it immediately. Well, hopefully <laughs> lots of these guys are wearing differently. But AR aside, I don't I don't agree in general with the statement that these guys don't take it as seriously as fans do because – Uh, I can tell you from the one that I'm married to, this game mattered. This game mattered a lot. This was something they had circled on their calendar. This is something that they trained for this summer in the offs in the off seasons. Like this, this is important to these players. This game does mean more. I'll walk that back. It means a lot to them. I don't think they're as obsessed with the rivalry as some, some fans are. I think it's different for the players. I mean, I do, it's different. Yeah, that's kind of I don't I think thinking. there's the hatred, right? I think it's, these are my boys. These are guys that I played with growing up. These are guys that either played for my high school team or played for you my rival team, or I was at camp with like them. You, like you want to beat your brother in sports. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. It is a different, like, I don't think that there is this hatred, like, you know, I want to knock you out kind of thing. I think it's, you know, I'm going to beat my brother at this game and show him that I'm better than him kind of concept. So what, so when I look at the game, I, we talked a little bit about this. I do think Florida, I think this was my take, um, you know, a couple, maybe a week ago, two weeks ago, when we talked about this, I think that Florida state's passing game is a little bit better. I feel even better about that with all of, uh, 
Florida's mm-hmm. guys that are out. Yeah. Um, I think the rushing attacks are fairly similar, you know, and you mm-hmm. could say AR maybe gives UF the, the slide edge there. Jordan just hasn't needed to run it all this year. Right. When he has, it's been pretty effective. I think the rushing attacks are pretty similar. Um, and I, I do like almost all of Florida State's defense better than Florida's, especially with Miller missing half a game. Like, I feel like right. he was the guy that kind of could put it together. Um, special teams hasn't been great for Florida this year. I don't know. Game in Doke. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I, I do think Florida State wins this, but it's a rivalry. Weird things happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there have been upsets in this series. There actually haven't been a ton of upsets recently. It's basically gone the way that it said it was going to go for uh, the last, I think, since 20, I think since 20, 2012, I think it was the last upset, if I'm not mistaken. I think every other year the favorite has won. Um, so yeah, I think it'll be, yeah, that's right. Cause you guys have been favored. We were favored in 17. Yeah. So anyway, I think it'll be interesting to see if that trend gets bucked, but I think I'd be pretty, pretty surprised if Florida won. I think it just is, it's going to take Anthony Richardson having the game of his career, you know? For, for so me. it's going to take a couple things. I don't know that it takes him having the game of his career. It takes, first of all, it takes Florida's defense getting off the field at third. What is his career game though? What's the best game of his career so far? I don't know. That's I don't why I know. Think it does because I don't even think he has um, like a game of his career yet. Like that's just what I, you know. Yeah. Well, I think, but what I'm saying is, I don't think he has to be perfect to win this game. He's got to um, be really good, though. I think Florida's. I think it's even more important that Florida's defense keep them in this game. Florida has to get off the off the field and third down. When you look at statistically, Florida's defense is actually decent on first and second down, but they are god awful on third down. They need to figure out a way to come up with stops at that point. Florida's offensive line needs to hold so that the running game can get going, whether that's with AR or with the stable of backs. Like Florida has the better running backs. They need to use them. They need to get yardage. Penalties need to be kept to a minimum if possible. Florida is capable of playing an almost penalty-free game. We have seen that through a lot of the season this year. We didn't see that last week against Vanderbilt. They're not in a position where they have – uh, the luxury of giving away yardage. And then Florida's special teams, they at the very least need to not give the game away. Do they have to be great? Probably not. We don't necessarily have to have a kick return for a touchdown or something like that. Obviously, it would be nice. They need to not make chip shot, not miss chip shot field goals and or extra points. They need to not give up long returns. It's... Uh, it's going to take a lot of facets of the game. I think Anthony Richardson needs to play a great game. I don't know that I agree that he needs to play a perfect game, but there's a lot of things that need to fall in place for Florida to win. But watch the third downs, watch the rushing yards, watch the penalties, watch special teams. All of those things are uh, going to be indicative of how this game goes. And, you know, if Florida plays a game like they've played, they've played at times this season, this will be a really close ball game. If they play like they played against Utah, if they play like they played against A&M, if they play like they played against Missouri, if they play what they played against South Carolina, this will be a very close ball game. If they play like they did against Kentucky, if they play like they get against Vanderbilt, if they, you know, those games, this will not bode well for the Gators, but it's been a roller coaster all year. We don't know who's going to show up. That's the biggest thing with Florida. And I actually do think they show up in this game. I just think that the way that Florida State is playing, 
the injuries for Florida and Miller being out. Yeah. Along with the game that's being huge. in Tallahassee. Um, I just think that. I don't Florida, know that yeah, that stadium is just not that loud. I don't know that that's a huge factor, but. I mean, whatever, I, you know. Okay. I still think that it is a factor. I mean, Vandy wasn't very loud either. And look at the penalties that happened last week. So, I mean, I think there were more Gator fans at the game. Than there were Vandy fans. So I don't know, maybe, you know, but I, I do think that with all those things considered, you know, Florida State's just in a better position right now. And yeah. that's where Florida has to find a way to, you know, Florida State had three turnovers in the game last year. One of them was monumental, right? right. And Florida was punting from, we've talked about it, Florida was punting from their own end zone. And Florida State muffed a punt that gave Florida the ball at the 30. And two plays later, they scored a touchdown. And so, yeah, if you do something like that, you, know, you leave a team in. Look at, look at the Vandy game this weekend where Florida muffed a punt and Vandy recovered for a touchdown. And so, yeah, I think that you've got to, you know, and I wouldn't be surprised if the game starts out a little bit slow, neither team wanting to make that mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I think that Florida's got to figure something out defensively. I think Florida State scored 172 points in their last four games. People love to say, like, oh, well, they're playing bad teams. All of those defenses are right around ranked where Florida is. So, you know, I will see if Florida's defense plays a, a little bit better against that or not. But Florida State's averaging 40 points a game plus uh, the last month. And I think if Florida State gets to 40, I mean, that you know, there's really not a lot of hope for UF to to get up that high with how one-dimensional their offense has been. Um, yeah, I think Florida, Florida needs to kind of keep it, keep it close, keep it as a running game be successful running. I, you know, I think if you're Florida state, you kind of load the box and say, Hey, or if you can beat us with your arm, you beat us with your arm. Good luck. You know, Um, because he's not shown the ability to do that this year. Right. Unless you count Eastern Washington or something, but he's not shown the ability to beat anybody with his arm. Right. I think that's, you know, if, if they do that and Florida state um, offensively can continue to do what they've been doing. Yeah. I think they, they kind of win going away, but it's a rivalry game. There's a reason we tune into these things to see uh, mm-hmm. what will end up happening. I just think uh, our guys get it done. I think something like 38 to 21. I do think Florida scores, you know, fairly well. I mean, give, give them a few touchdowns. I think that it's maybe like a 10-point game at halftime. Then Florida State and Florida keep it fairly close and then maybe one late to make it look a little a little more lopsided than it was. I don't think it's like, yeah, I don't think it's 45 to three, like it was against Miami, but I, I think, uh, I don't know, 35, 21, 38, 21, somewhere in that range kind of makes sense. You know, I, I think that Florida state does score fairly well, maybe a tad better than Vandy. And that's what it kind of comes out to being what you got. What's your score here? I, <laughs> I think uh, it's going to be 35, 28. And I'm gonna I'm gonna say Florida wins. I honestly don't think Florida wins. I think Florida State wins, but I show. do think 35-28 is probably the score. You just the whole show. You had us. I know. I do. I do think Florida State wins, but 35-28 is uh is my score prediction. I wouldn't get away with that. I need that tape so that if we lose yeah, this game, yeah, I can yeah. be like, I, I do think go, Florida covers even, the spread though. But I do I 35-28 is my score prediction. I'll take it. Um all right, cool. Let's do some picks and get yeah. out of here. Um all right, I went five and one last week. You went three and three. Uh, we both got FSU. We both got Baylor. TCU ended up getting the win, but they didn't. Oh, win. So oh my God! TCU and Michigan could have lost in a ten-minute span. If that would have happened, Florida State would have been in the Orange Bowl. 
I just want you to know. Like, yeah. or, you know, just because of the way because that Clemson would have. Yeah. yeah. I still think Clemson has a shot. We can talk about that in just a minute. But um, NC State um, and Louisville, I took Louisville. They won. Um, we both got Clemson over Miami. I got USC. You took UCLA. I took Oregon. Uh, you took Utah, but that was a push. So nobody got it and nobody missed there. And then we both took Florida. So I will never bet on Florida again in my life. Uh, Vandy got the point there. So overall for the season, I'm 54 and 34. You are 48 and 40. So you're still well above 500. You just need a, you're about six games back. So we got a bunch of games this week. You got a huge chance to come back here. Ole Miss is a two point favorite against Mississippi State. This could be Lane's last game there. What you got? I'll take an Ole Miss. I'll take Mississippi State. Okay. I actually think that Ole Miss wins, but I I, I want to see Leach win it. And if you're putting on your team, then I'm gonna cheer. I want to cheer that way. Uh, Tulane is a one point favorite at Cincinnati. I wouldn't normally include that, but the winner of that goes to play UCF in the AAC championship. So we'll be cheering for them next week. So who do you want to cheer for next week? Tulane I'll cheer for Cincinnati. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll go Tulane here, um, okay. mostly just because. I think Tulane can beat them if they play again. They lost last time, but I think they'll get them next time. This one's a huge spread. I don't even know why I included it, but UGA is a 35-and-a-half-point favorite versus Georgia Tech. I'll uh, take UGA. You'll take what? I'll take the Bulldogs here. All right. I'll take Tech. Not that I think that they have an actual shot, but let's get some different picks here. This was a fun one. It ruined your idea of having three SEC teams in the Except playoff. it didn't because today, all day, ESPN was like, so Alabama backdoors nah, in there. They can't get in. We'll talk about it in a minute, but they, there's no shot. Um, Clemson is a 14.5-point favorite against South Carolina. Give me South Carolina. I'll take Clemson here. I think they know they need to win big yeah. to, to get in the playoff. South Carolina put together a seven-win season weirdest back-to-back games I've ever seen where South Carolina can only put six on Florida and then put 63 on Tennessee. Not that I think Tennessee has a good defense, but that's still nuts. Like what were they doing in that Florida game? How did Rattler play so much? It was weird. I don't weirdest know. game, ever, Weirdest back-to-back games I've ever seen in my life. Uh, Ohio State is a suicide watch for Nick after all that. Say what? I are on suicide watch for my brother-in-law after that game. He's a uh, all right. giant volunteer. Uh, Ohio State is a seven and a half point favorite against Michigan. I'll take Ohio State. Uh, I will take Ohio State as well. I can't take Michigan. That they're not going to win that game. A lot of excitement around Cadillac Williams over at Auburn. I know. I wish they would just hire him. Alabama, twenty-two point favorite. I'm going to take Auburn to cover here. I don't know if they win or not. I think I Auburn covers. Them. I don't think Auburn wins, but I think Auburn covers. I wouldn't be shocked with an Auburn win just because I think their players actually. Care like Alabama teams when they have nothing to play for, just kind of see like they always when they don't play. have a national championship to yeah. play for. So every other year, it. you know, when they're not winning the title, they just I don't I don't know. Give me Auburn. I don't think they win, but it wouldn't. All right, I think Oregon's a, Oregon's a three-point favorite at Oregon State. Give me Oregon State. I'll go Oregon here, um, but I hope Oregon State wins. LSU's a ten-point favorite at Texas A&M. Oh, LSU. Oh, same thing. USC is a five and a half point favorite against Notre Dame. I'll take Notre Dame in this one. Uh, you said UNC. Who's you USC. say? USC. Uh, I'll take USC. Although I would love a Notre Dame win, which doesn't come out of my mouth often. 
Uh, I would love an Notre Dame win as well. If they do, again, I think that's really good for FSU as Clemson moves up. Um, Pittsburgh is a six and a half point favorite at Miami. I actually think Miami covers this. I'm picking Pittsburgh, but I wouldn't be shocked if Miami covers this. I do think Pittsburgh wins though. Give me Pittsburgh to cover. Uh, and then Florida State is a 10 and a half point favorite at Florida. I'll take the Norse. Give me Florida. Oh, I'll get a point there. Um, okay. So here's the playoff. Um, Georgia's in. Mm-hmm. I actually think they're in regardless, unless they, I do lose too. To, unless they lose to Georgia Tech and then right. LSU. Then I think they're out. But they'll beat Georgia Tech. I think they're in regardless. They could lose to LSU by 30 and they'll still go in. Yeah. Um, Georgia's in. I'm going to say Ohio State beats Michigan, but obviously just whichever way that goes. goes. The For sure. So, so Ohio State's in. Um, I think the other two teams that get in are TCU and USC. I think USC, like right now, if everything kind of plays out, mm-hmm. USC plays a ranked Notre Dame this week. And then they're going to play a ranked top 10 Oregon next week. I think they have the best two games left. If they win both of them, I think they jump. Obviously, I think they jump LSU because LSU loses to Georgia. So I think USC's in. If if either TCU or USC loses, I think Clemson jumps them um, as the ACC champion. They always give kind of credence to a champion as opposed to a one-loss team that's not a champion. And I do think that even though Clemson is a game or a, a position behind Alabama right now, I think that by beating UNC, a ranked team, while Alabama's sitting at home, I think that will move Clemson up. They they always give love to the the one-loss champion in the ACC, Big Ten, or SEC. In fact, a one-loss of any of those conferences has never not made it. Uh, mm-hmm. When it's been, you know, like imagine Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama, wherever. So I think that's kind of the path. I think that if uh, if it's if it's uh, twelve and one Clemson against a um, what are they ten and two Alabama, I think Clemson goes. I think if it's uh, twelve and one Clemson against a um, twelve and one TCU, Clemson would go over them. Um, Obviously, I think if USC loses another game, either to Oregon or Notre Dame, they're out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it really just kind of comes down to what do those three teams do? What do right. what did TC does TCU beat Iowa State this week and then win their championship next week? Does USC go two and zero? If both of those teams go two and zero, I think they're in. If either of them stumbles and Clemson wins out, I think they're in. If they all three stumble. Maybe that's how you can get Alabama back in the picture, but I, I think they would all three have to lose for Alabama to get back in. So with LSU know, beats gonna, Georgia, then what? So if LSU be, so it, it, to me, it still depends on what those other teams do. Um, like if if TCU wins, they're going to be in, right? They're not leaving a thirteen and zero conference champion out, even though it's the Big Twelve. Like they're going to put a thirteen and zero in. Um, I think it would be interesting between LSU and USC at that point. LSU being what eleven and two, but the SEC champion. Mm-hmm. USC being twelve and one, Pac twelve champion, but with two ranked, highly ranked wins—a top fifteen win and a top ten win in back to back weeks. I don't know. I, I don't. I I think it like LSU probably LSU will have just taken down the number one team in the country. They will have also have already beaten Alabama this season. So, I mean, I don't think there's any ranked win that USC has that will stack up against LSU's win that would have happened this week. Yeah. So 
LSU would have the best win. They would also have one more loss. And so right. I think they would have one more loss, but I think they have the best two wins. So I think the Alabama win is pretty comparable to the Oregon win. Alabama's what, seven right now and Oregon's eight? Agree. I mean, I mean, that's what the rankings say. I mean, yeah. that's what the college football playoff think. committee is so, saying those teams are. The other right? thing about like the playoffs that I think we don't necessarily talk enough about, not on this show, but just in general, is that where they are today doesn't – actually have to mean anything when they sit in that room the directions for them are if the playoff were tomorrow who are the four best teams you're supposed to take into account conference champions you're supposed to take into account head-to-head you're supposed to take into account scheduling you're supposed to take into account eye test all of these things are supposed to be factors so the fact that LSU is behind or above or USC is here or there today actually doesn't have to mean anything. What they, what their job is, is to look at all of these teams that are kind of near the top and decide who the four best teams are. So the big problem with the big problem that that, we've we've complained about the playoff for, you know, the committee for a while. mm -hmm, So this is not breaking news. The big problem with that is it's, we have no, like, their explanations and the way they talk yeah, about that. Yeah, and what they decided like, to look at last it, week doesn't have to be what you look at to, next week. Right? And how do you really factor all five of those things in? Like, what percentage are you giving to different You know what I'm right? doing? I'm looking at the biggest odds for every single one of these games, and I'm putting the four best games. See, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, to me, even that's not really the best way to do it because I think that winning, you know, LSU – LSU could lose to Georgia, and I might still take them on an open field against TCU, right? Yeah. Like, but but That's winning has to winning be. has to mean something. Like it you've does. got to win. It's supposed to be, yeah. I. So you. That's where it's tough. Does anybody want a game where there's a 22 point favorite in the first? Uh, round of the playoffs, they we don't do that every year. So why not? every year? I mean, I just <laughs> but every year we're like, oh, that team should not have gotten in. Generally, it's Notre Dame that we say that about, but. I mean, I don't know. LSU beats beats TCU on a neutral field. I think they beat USC on a neutral field. I think they beat Clemson on a neutral field. So if they beat Florida State on a neutral, oh, that would happen. Never mind. Never well, mind. I don't think they beat them on a neutral field today. Just for the record, but I actually, okay. So I okay. I know we disagree a lot. Let's do this and we'll get out. I don't even know that I agree with that. I think people say that like Florida State's gotten a lot better now than they were. Back then, too. And okay, LSU, barely Arcan- LSU barely beat Arkansas two weeks ago. Okay, so but I think LSU look has at gotten- the makeup of both of those teams. I think, FSU I think LSU plays the- better. LSU's gotten better, but so is Florida State. Like, I don't think LSU uh, Florida State has gotten better. LSU has gotten a lot better. And at the end of the day, look at the rosters of both of those schools. If they each play to their potential, in theory, that game should not be close. I think Florida State wins by more than one point this time. I'm gonna say we at least double our double our win total or our uh, win win margin. Well, at least I digress. I disagree, but so, but what I expect to happen, I I don't expect LSU to win, and I don't yeah. think that I don't think that all three of those teams stub their toe to kind of give Alabama the way in. Shoot, if you're if you're Alabama, the Tennessee loss doesn't look as good anymore, right? Yeah, now that they squandered that. Um, you lost to LSU, who's also going to have three losses. So if you're Alabama, I don't even think you can jump Michigan. Yeah. Like I think 11 and one Michigan would go ahead of 10 and two Alabama. Who's Alabama's best win this year? Does Alabama have a ranked win? 
Um, a they ranked one, win. Ranked I don't know. I need to pull up their schedule and look and see. Alabama who they... 2022 football schedule. So let's take a look real quick. They have beaten Utah State, Texas. Texas is ranked now. Uh, wasn't at the time. ULM, Vanderbilt. They beat Arkansas, beat A&M, beat Mississippi State. They beat Ole Miss. Ole Miss is their first ranked win of the year. Ole Miss now has, what, three or four losses. So, I don't I don't even think Alabama has a good win. Now, they're still yeah. Alabama, and they get that name recognition. But right. if Alabama play, you know, in fact, Alabama hasn't beaten a good team besides Ole Miss all year. <coughs> and I don't even know that Ole Miss is a, a great win at this point. Yeah. So, I think that Alabama's kind of up there based on it. I don't think they're even beating Michigan out for a spot. And they're right. certainly not beat. Once it's all said and done, I don't think they're beating Clemson out for this, a spot either. If Clemson's the ACC championship or ACC well. champion. So, all right, my kids are being terrible, so I got to get out of here. But we will be back next week. We'll recap a Florida State win, and uh, we'll talk about bowls that don't matter uh, when we get back next week. Oh, no, ball, it'll, be, it'll be championship weekend. It'll be championship. It won't be yes. bowls yet. So. It'll be championship weekend. All right, have a good Thanksgiving. Talk to you all soon. Right. Happy Thanksgiving. Go Gators. What else? Oh, man, I tried to cut you off there.